conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash Girls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Girls. Sign up today. I produce events, not drama. I don't hear what I say, but I say what I heard. Oh. (laughs) It's Andy's Girls. First off, episode 145. I'm so excited to be joined by the love of my life, who I thought had been on the show seven to ten times, but I think that's just because we text each other about Housewives. Tracy Morrissey, writer, producer, and host of the podcast Pot Psychology. Mm-hmm. Such a thrill to have you back on the People's People's Couch. I think I've said my tagline before. I'm like, a, at this point, 145 episodes in, I am pretty sure that at some point in the last 145 episodes, I have said something about events and drama. <laughs> but listeners, this will just be a pop quiz to listeners. Do you remember me saying this before? Let me know your thoughts. <laughs> Tracy Morrissey, how are you? How is life? What's happening? What's new? New York Times writer has covered race in Real Housewives. Producer extraordinaire, you have your own podcast production company. Yes. Magical. <laughs> I was on the B list with Pet Shop Boy on one of his first apps. Yeah, so second pro- episode ever. Ugh, phenom. And so you have been working with him on his your show together the b-list which is about like housewives and pop culture and i know because i'm essentially in constant contact with both of you that you have most recently made the schlep from new york city to jersey to interview several jersey housewives yeah gw bridge oh so first off i thought it was going to be like a several hour schlep but it's not is that pet shop which said it was like going from the upper east to the upper west or something it, it really well no it's like coming to here coming to the upper east side from, from williamsburg basically so it's like 35 minutes yeah maybe? 35 40 minutes depending on traffic well when we were coming home one day it was it, bad it was really bad like we it took us like two hours that sucked but um that something there's probably some like accident or something i don't know but normally, yeah, it's not that bad. 
So who have you schlepped to Kiki with for the mm. show? We we went to go see Marge. Oh my um, God. We went to these women have been, been in, they've been inviting us into their homes, which I mean, I'm so happy that they have. They've been very lovely and nice and warm. I'm worried about them. <laughs> <laughs> they should not be doing that. Um, they mean, don't know me from Adam. Listen, they don't, they don't have financial security. So I guess literal it's, is just too much. Uh, so like Marge, Marge knew um, B slash pet. Pet Shop Boy. They they did an event before, right? So and they text and stuff. So she there was a level of comfort there. But Jennifer, we don't know her. She doesn't know us. So did you just reach out to them and you're like, we'll come to you? Cold DM. And so was the purpose of it? Were you strategizing that you specifically wanted to be in their environment, like instead of visiting? You know, like you're like visiting the animal in their actual natural well, habitat. That's a great plus. But like, um, just um for like practicality sake but mm-hmm. it's easier for them if we go sure. there and they don't have to you know come into the city or whatever and right they, and you know jennifer has all those kids and you know oh marge God. has her business so they're busy women yeah. so, so just to make it as easy as possible for them but yeah it's great seeing their houses it's like not seeing like you know we met marlene like she <laughs> greeted us at the door <laughs> we what met does Joe. she do does she actually clean marge's house she, or she was just vacuuming there for- when i walked in you know what i noticed was that and I might be wrong about this, but I don't think that I am. I believe that Marge has one of these systems in her home where you just like screw the vacuum tube into something in like in the wall. Oh, my um, parents have that. Yeah, and it just sucks in it. I was fascinated by that. Um, well, wait, I mean, my parents had the thing where you put it in the wall and it's a tube, but it's you still use a vacuum cleaner. It's just like yes. the easier way. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, you don't like carry around a machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents have that. Yeah, so she had that. Marlene was like dealing with those tubes when we walked in. Uh, yeah, she was cleaning. And then um, I get big Frida energy from Marlena, like Leah Black's housekeeper on Miami, where it's like they work for the family, but it's really this person is an actual family member. Like, like they have become an honorary grandma or like totally great what auntie. It seems like. Yeah. yeah. They're really Which close. is adorable. That's wonderful. And and Marge is very close with Lexi. We went out to lunch with Lexi after with oh, Lexi right. and Marge. Her assistant or COO or Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's great. Um I we love met, her voice. We met Joe. Uh Joe Benino was there. Um mm. and Marge was doing like they were they're in full construction on the house. They were like renovating they're like it's it's gonna be really nice for next season I can tell um but yeah like fully doing work um the the like living room this like great room off to the side I mean her house is really beautiful it is it it's old it's well over 100 years old everyone else lives in these McMansions I love an old house yeah and an old house project right and so the way that the house is set up, like this one room had a sunken living room and you don't really get to see a lot of it on the show. Mm-hmm. But what she told me, which I thought was really interesting, was that she'd only lived there for six weeks before the show started filming. What? And that's why like it was in, you know, I bought a very old house and and restored it. And it's a, it takes a really long time to do that. And it's a lot of effort and a lot of attention paid to it. And so, um, wait, the house that I was in when we recorded? Yeah. Which is gorgeous. Thank you. Um, and so, you know, I know what that's like. And so, you know, she was starting this new job and then she gets hit with this lawsuit. So I'm sure that like threw a wrench into her plans. But like, um, yeah, it's I think it's going to be really gorgeous. I can always see the potential of a house and I would prefer a nice 
older house that's like done very well than a McMansion any day. Did she joke at all about the fact that for seemingly at least a solid season, her living room had decor from a previous birthday party? Like that was like the whole <laughs> joke of it was like she was trying to decorate but didn't have any money. So like here's some balloons. <laughs> like, well, when we went there, the Christmas tree was up and it was like the end of January. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so, it's probably like covering a hole or something. But she seemed really busy. So like she had just gotten back from yeah, Vegas. Yeah, I mean if I was getting sued, that would take up a whole lot. And you know I die for March. I like she, love March. Right. But that's like a lot. Yeah. How can you focus on other things? Yeah. So she. she Especially had, if you're the business owner and like the face of your business. That's a lot. I believe she's the breadwinner. So, you know, I, I do. You know what? There's an interesting moment. I forget if it was on this week's Jersey after show or last week's where it's Dolores's ex-husband, Frank Catania and Marge's Joe. And they're talking. Frank is talking about how like men should always be the breadwinner. And he's relying on these like very old tropes, which obviously um, are also in existence on this week's Jersey. But it was so fascinating to me that Frank is still pretending that he abides by that kind of system. I mean, the whole funny thing about Jersey is these women being like, we're Italian and Italian law says this. Meanwhile, mm. They're actually subverting a lot of like Italian canon. And so for Frank to pretend that he at one point in the last couple years has ever been a breadwinner when he was disbarred and Dolores has been like cashing her check, whatever it is. And for Joe to just kind of sit there awkwardly, Margaret's Joe, who P.S. is is probably low key one of the best house husbands of any franchise. He seems to be. Very loving, very attentive, very supportive. Yes. Believes in equality. Believes in equality. And he was just kind of like nodding, saying yes. And I thought to myself, how much of this is him not wanting to like disagree with Frank and also him believing it? Because frankly, all of these women on the show are making a lot more money than their husbands Mm -hmm. are or were. And maybe at some point in time, I'm sure with Frank and Dolores, Frank was the breadwinner, but that is no longer the case. So why are they? still holding on to all of this it's fascinating to me it's weird I think that maybe Frank I think probably Frank and Dolores is only just switched yeah recently like yeah maybe you're a right. year or two ago yeah um but what I do love about their relationship and I think is very nice is that like he did take care of her yeah he for, did you know like he he he, he the know, renovations in their house he was still paying for yes and he was like taking care of her and then I think it's very nice that when he was disbarred she was like be on the show with me because he probably gets a check for yeah. that and gets a check for filming. And so now she's kind of like taking care of him in that way. And then she's like basically just going to give him the house back right. when she moves in with her boyfriend if that ever happens. And he says he's in a serious relationship with a 30-year-old who I would love to see. He says that she gets along with Dolores. I 100% believe it. 100%. I would love to see. I, would I just want to see guarantee she looks like. you she has huge fake boobs. Oh, I hope and she does. And so tan. God, I bet she's <laughs> phenomenal. So with Joe and Mar, so is Joe the contractor for Marge's construction? Marge's Joe? He was, yeah, he was overseeing it. But they were like, there was a crew there working, which was weird because we were <laughs> recording a podcast. But yeah, they were like, um, I think it's going to look really nice. You know, I, I, I like that Marge has this like wacky kind of Jonathan Adler taste mm-hmm. to her. Um, so I think it's what she's going to do with the place is going to be loud, but really interesting. It's interesting that you loved her, like the interior that it's like a, not that it's necessarily a grand space, but that it's, it's just so, I love like, 
uh, late 60s, early 70s yeah. kind of stuff. So whoever, the, the people who owned the house before she had it, she said they were like these partiers. They had this like crazy party house wow. in, you know, the sunken living room, like throughout the 60s. And I think they were in their 90s when mm-hmm. she bought the house from them. Wow. And it, so it was in really like a lot of disrepair. Mm-hmm. Um, and But the grounds are really cool. Like there's a mm-hmm. lot of different buildings on mm-hmm. the property. Like mm-hmm. there's a pool house and then there's mm-hmm. a like a garage and then there's a, an apartment above the garage. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, yeah, there's just like all different like little buildings and, and areas. And the grounds are really pretty and green and. What was the most surprising part of spending the day with her, do you think? Either either how she was acting, responding to things, or something she said. Was there anything that you were like, wow, this is actually um, kind of a shock to me? Um, about the way that she was? Like, nothing. She's exactly like she really? is on camera. Yeah, she's very warm, funny, like, quick-witted, um just really engaging and nice. I, I, they, I mean, both she and Jennifer were exactly like they are on camera, like not different at all. Like they were, I felt like I had already known them. <laughs> so, um, and I'm not even like, I'm not even one interviewing them. So like, I'm not even talking like they're, but they're still being so nice and engaging toward me, like looking at me when they're talking about, I'm like the silent producer and like looking at me and just like, I mean, warm, nice people, like lovely people. Was there anything as a producer and also a housewife super fan, was there anything that you wanted to ask them, but didn't either because like you felt like a guest in their house or was their first introduction to them in this role? Anything that like you wish had been asked? No, I don't think so. Everything got covered. I th- yeah, I think we did cover. I mean, I I kind of wanted to ask Jennifer more things about her house and her furniture and stuff, but I feel like the questions I would have wanted to ask her would have maybe come off as rude. I mean, so the streets are talking and they're saying that Bravo told her that she had auditioned for the show several times and that Bravo told her her, her house she wasn't good enough. That. She told us that. Did she? Yes. Okay, so Bravo was like, your house isn't, good enough and it so she bought this fucking barren monstrosity it right wasn't, it wasn't bravo it was a casting company that had been contracted by the production company so um this casting company, so it wasn't the network it was the no, okay got it, it got wasn't it, got the it. network it was this casting agency that had been contracted by the production company which is contracted by the network so it was a few steps removed got it got it, got it. um so they she approached them she applied or whatever auditioned and um they she engaged with one woman her name was Tammy and uh and the woman you know you know was like it's not going to work out this time blah blah blah. that was the season that the twins came on (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine losing to the right. twins or to Amber and then watching that season and being like these fucking people That's got it exactly what Jennifer said holy <laughs> shit and then then you gotta feel kind of good about that actually because you're like well they were going in a completely different tanked. direction and she might have been a one and done just they to tanked. even be part of that yes. yeah yeah yeah. that's actually very good for her so then the next season um she was contacted by the the production company oh, by, by the by the casting agency and then you know, she went through the whole thing again. She said that she filled out this like really intrusive questionnaire and did the mm. interviews that came to her house. And then um, she hadn't heard from them. So she contacted them and then she asked them, what was it? Why didn't I get it? Yeah. And they said, your house isn't up to housewives standards. Oh, my God. Do we know what that house looks like? I've never seen it. I, she said it was five bedrooms. That, that's a sizable home. Five bedrooms. But how many kids were there at that point? She has five kids. At the time, I think. She 
maybe maybe she did already have five kids because this was like this was quite a while ago so then not that it's unusual for kids to share a room especially if they're younger kids it's probably easier to have two share a room just in the sake of like they can play with each other or whatever she may have had an infant but yeah so then she was like you know and I thought that that was just like really you know forward and really you know uh, I mean she asked they gave her she wanted an answer they gave her one so then um the next so then the third third time's a charm then the next year um somebody i forget if she contacted them or they contacted her and oh but she had let tammy know she was like this is just my temporary house by the way and like was like basically letting her know well, we're gonna get a, a different house was she, and so was then, she was that a lie was that like well she went out and built this house like right after that happened, she went out and built the house. But it, so it wasn't a temporary house at that point. But then in her head, in her head, shifted. it was. I well, I think that maybe they were maybe probably thinking about it. Thinking, yeah, and they maybe were outgrowing their home. She does have a lot of people sleep over. She told us like when we went there, she's like, yeah, fourteen people slept here this weekend. What? Yeah, um, it's like you know she has all the kids, and then her parents stayed over, and then one of her aunts and her aunt's kid, and then the the nanny and the housekeeper there's a lot of people there it looks almost like a mausoleum to me like when you look at it on the show it just looks obviously devoid of any character which is not a deal breaker and in fact is something quite nice to see in a housewife where you're like oh this is trash but like god bless like you know what I'm saying like in the best possible way that's the biggest compliment that I can give to a McMansion is like this is very specifically exactly what I would envision the outside large the inside of this outside thing to be where it's like the focus is on large with a capital L and a kind of systemic disinterest in actual character and I was watching this week's episode again and I just looked at the outside of Jackie's house which I don't think I'd ever fully respected and that motherfucker it's gorgeous like the scene of her and her heartthrob husband in their bedroom that bedroom aside from that Chanel watercolor bullshit (laughs) is actually slightly impeccable like it's she understands that it's not about quantity, it's quality, yeah. noting that that house is actually, it looks quite big, but the quality inside, it looks really beautifully done. Counter that with Jennifer's house, which is someone just saying like, I'm throwing pasta, AKA not cocaine, but money against the wall. Yeah. Cause I just want it to look big, which is like the joke of Jersey. Like when we make light of Jersey, it's like, it's so ostentatious and yes. there's not like actual, um it's not that there's not luxury there because that's that's how screams luxury but it's like there's no like real implicit character to this you know like there's not anything that actually feels like genuine style where I could say that about Jackie but not Jennifer but with Jennifer it's like well thank you for making that not that it's a sacrifice but like thank you for going that far like yeah and it's not that that hadn't been done before Aviva and Reed Drescher had a gorgeous condo-y I don't know if it was a full floor but looked like it and a beautiful genuine real old school apartment in New York City and after her first season allegedly they told her she wasn't allowed to film in there anymore so they fucking moved out into a townhouse which was lovely but nowhere near like the upscale genuine old money sensibilities of their apartment but they did it in order to continue filming I mean I think she still lives in that townhouse I wonder if she I think so I wonder if she regrets that decision I certainly would have um but with Jennifer I'm like well good for you like you you took the note 
Obviously, it's not something that you love to hear, but better that it's your house, which you can fix if you have the money than your fucking character, which is a harder (laughs) thing. You know what I'm saying? Like that would have taken probably more effort and consistency and they might not have circled back versus this is like super superficial. If you have the money and the means to build this monstrosity and you believe that they're telling you the truth, then fucking do it. So, um, yeah, so she did it. Um, I will say that what struck me about her home, I peed in three of the 16 bathrooms. <laughs> How was that? It was great. It's actually, it well, I mean, my UTI gave it five stars. <laughs> Some were better than others. I have to say <gasps> some of the bathrooms are better to pee in than others. Did she have the fancy toilet? Remember when like Bethany was going to, you know, like the toilet that like talks to you and asks you how your day is. Not in the, not in the ones I went in. I, okay. w- I went in all the half baths. So oh, downstairs. A toilette. Yeah. So, but actually, you know, funny thing. She actually has 18 bathrooms because she wasn't counting the bathrooms in her pool house. She has two bathrooms in the pool house. The pool house is like. It's like two rooms. It has a bedroom. It's actually like it. it it's like a sick little like bachelor pad or bachelorette pad. Um, except that on a little casita. Exactly. It was better than the casita. It was Gina. nicer than the casita. <laughs> it had a full kitchen. What a high bar. It had a full kitchen. I know. Um, but she. Uh, so you peed in three bathrooms. Yes. Um, but the thing that struck me about the house is that um, I don't know. Do you ever play The Sims? I was no, a, not once. I was very into. I the played Sims. Duck Hunt, which I was very into. <laughs> well, I loved it. I, I was fucking a loved Sims killing those ducks. Addict. I w- and all all the versions of The Sims I've played. Jennifer's house is like when you get rich in The Sims. Finally, like the first time you get rich in The Sims, and you just you build this like huge house, and you're like, I'm gonna make a mansion. It's gonna be so big, and then it becomes so inconvenient to live in because like you can't find your kids and like you know (laughs) it takes so long to like walk from the bedroom down to like get to leave for work and like you don't you're running out of time and it's like you you just yeah it just gets too big it's like a lot of stuff to clean um that's what her house but her house looks exactly like a sims mansion to me um all the furniture is pushed up against the walls she had a lot of couches. She had more couches than bathrooms, actually. Tons of sectionals. And it was just like, it was so weird because these rooms were so, so huge. Right. And all of, like, usually, you know, someone has, like, you know, you create spaces in a, right. in a large room. Like, you create a sitting space over here and a sitting space mm-hmm. over here. Like, something in front of, like, the fireplace. And the fireplace was huge. The fireplace was taller than me. I could walk in it. Um, and so... <sighs> But, but it was just Jennifer. all sectionals like pushed against the wall. I don't know if it's that's like what you have to do when you have like a million kids and they're just like running around. Maybe they would just like. No, I bet that was a design choice. Knock things over. I don't I'm not sure. But I met her mom. Uh, her mom came out to lunch with us. Um, Did she talk at all about her experiences being on the show? I wonder how her mom watched, has watched these episodes. Her mom is very, very proud of Jennifer. And this show and is very into it. She's very into the drama. The mom told me when we were out to lunch that um, she was like, did you know that Jennifer has 50,000 more followers on Instagram than Jackie? (laughs) (laughs) The fact that her mother knows what Instagram is (laughs) is astonishing to me. I don't think my mom would ever say something like that about me. Like she, my mom doesn't even, my mom doesn't check in on that kind of stuff. My mom says... When I talk to her, she's like, yeah, I'm going to watch Andy's. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm going to pretend she knows the title of the pod. She's like, any day now. She'll be out at When I see her, she's like, put it on my phone. I'm like, I can't. It's too much. So was there anything surprising about the moments with Jennifer? You said that she was really warm. I mean, with her mom, did her mom talk at all about, at all about how the show has covered this um, dynamic about her mom coming to terms with the fact that she has a gay son? Jennifer talked about it, but the mom didn't come in until after they had already we had already discussed that. Okay. And so then the mom came in and then um I think the mom only came in when we were doing the bonus episode. Subscribe on Patreon. Yeah. And so she but then, you know, we went out to lunch and stuff. She she's very, very invested in I don't know if it's that she because she watches the show. I'm sure she does, but I think it's that Jennifer talks about it all the time, like with her. And I think she's very invested in what Jennifer's talking about. And, you know, having these conversations with her and invest, like, they seem like a very, very tight-knit family. Which is all the more reason to kind of repair and really grow from the disconnect about sexuality and homosexuality. I mean, does it seem like they're in a good place now where her mom can not only accept her son but celebrate him? Yes. She told me about how in the summer when Jennifer and her husband and the kids they went away on vacation for like a week and the mom josephine um was i guess staying at jennifer's house like house sitting or something and jennifer's brother was there and then he like threw a party for his friends and cooked for all of his friends all his gay friends like a huge like they had a huge pool party she she grilled for them oh she also has two grills she's three kitchens Three wait, full kitchens wait. and two full full grills, like like big grill setups <laughs> with like counters and stuff outside. Wait, but back to her being grilled about um gay people. <laughs> so so he had like a bunch of his gay friends. Uh, I think one of them she meant Jennifer mentioned that like his best friend or one of his best friends uh, does drag, like really like flamboyant drag. And so there was like there yeah it was like a big gay party in the summer at Jennifer's house and the mom. Uh, cooked for all of them, entertained all of them. And I, she said that it's like that all the time, but that it was just public facing that her mom mm-hmm. had been weird before about it. But I want her son to be able to, and I don't know who he's dating or if he's in a relationship, but I want him to like show up at a family dinner and it's like, and I think it's great that he's had friends over and whatever else. I think that's great. like genuinely I'm not being a dick, but like speaking of dick, like I want him to bring a boyfriend over and say like, this is the person I'm fucking and her mom to be just as cool. Well, actually she's probably not cool with anybody having sex before marriage, but, but just being like, this is my boyfriend and her mom being like genuinely okay with that. And I don't know. Do we think that's a possibility? I'm not sure. I think though that that's, the way that I I viewed them, they are such a close, tight-knit, loving family, and mm-hmm. they spend a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't do sleepovers with my parents just because. Like, I don't do sleepovers yes. with my aunts and cousins. Um but it's, I think Just it's also I cultural. Hang out with them. Yeah. I mean, there's an element to this whole food weirdness mm-hmm. that Bill's talk, what Bill's talking about with like the, you know, I need five options. Whereas for me, hearing that the kids, I don't know, I don't have children, God bless, but 
when I hear that there's a birthday party where there's only pizza and cake served, I think like, yes, and what? Like, that's how I feel. If I'm a parent going to a birthday, I'm not thinking about needing to eat because I'm also thinking that birthday parties like what, two, three hours. It's not going to be an all day affair or eat before you go. Right. And if you have, it's not like dietary restrictions. They're just talking about like when you're hosting a function, you always have 16 items. Like when you think about like Shaw's of Sunset, like whenever they have a dinner party, there's already, there's always like four. 45 different courses and they're all they're all put out at once and it seems very wasteful to me sure and it's but that might be a part of it it's like a part of them expressing their wealth is showing like a wealth of different food options but something that Bob Harper was talking about on Watch What Happens last night I found real or not last night the other night I found really interesting he was comparing it to Jackie's potential triggers with her eating disorder and Mm -hmm. he was saying like she might not want that kind the he was thinking about it in terms of like other kinds of junk foods or it could have just been like any other kind of food and he's like those could be triggers for her like you have no idea this woman is being very open about her eating disorder if you're going to come at her for anything don't let it be food because you have absolutely no idea how she on a day-to-day basis is like maintaining control over her eating disorder and when you start to slip in these judgments about food it's a very very tricky territory and as soon as he said that I got it and I thought when Jackie called out Margaret's like making light in the moment totally sided with Jackie obviously and Margaret also understood and apologized and with Jennifer Jennifer both on the after show and in episodes is actually making a comparison to the eating disorder stuff in a way that's very dismissive but she is also bringing in that element of like when it comes to being a host, a lot of that has to do with, if we're going to talk about outward facing, outward facing expressions of money, which includes having all of these different kinds of foods. And it's just a complete breakdown in their like languages. They just don't speak the same language. And it just becomes so lost in translation when you add in the element of an eating disorder to all of it. Yeah. But Jennifer didn't, that wasn't her only complaint. I actually agreed with her complaint about the goodie bag situation to just like have a box. I thought that was really funny. Of stuff to just like, Why yeah, not? it's like being at the dentist. You just, you make little gift bags and then like, and to Jennifer's point, like she has five kids. She's like putting like toys under her arms and like, having <laughs> like, to carry all but this crap out. Like, love her more. That's why you like give bags. I don't know. I've always done goodie bags. I've always Listen, done Listen, I die bags. for a presentation. Love a prez. Like die for those moments. Yeah. But also like, it's funny to me that she's like throwing a box from Amazon <laughs> on the ground and being like, just go for it, you scoundrels. And then just like making them like fight each other to the death to get that like one specific toy first. I just thought that was really funny. Yeah, I I mean, that's not my kind of party. I get it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't have done that. And if I had had um if I had had boys and girls at a party, I don't know if I would have just had a basketball party. Like I, you know, or, or maybe not even just boys and girls, like maybe not all like the kinds of 
boys that are coming to the basketball party want to play basketball. I mean, I guess you have the kind of party of the birthday kid. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it at the end of the day. If he loves basketball, if you love Spider-Man, you're going to have a Spider-Man party. If you love basketball, because it's not that big a deal. And also, it's two hours, which I know for a child is like the lifespan of their entire existence until that point. But But I just think it's not a big deal. Have the other kids go inside and play or something. I don't know. I'm sure they made it work. They're children, honestly. (laughs) At the end of the day, like for real. Well, no, Jennifer said that the nanny had to come and pick up the other kids because they they couldn't stand it. <laughs> oh, really? That like she left early? Yeah, some of the, the kids left, and Jennifer. Wait, Jennifer's like, kids or other children? Gen- Jennifer's kids left early because they were like, "I don't want to do this." <laughs> <laughs> so, do we think that Jennifer? But also, because they didn't have yeah, chairs, me. they didn't have chairs there for people to sit. Oh, well, while that's the kids terrible. Were playing no, basketball. that's stupid. Yeah, and so that was one of the things. I, I she I really isn't a hostess, it. Jackie, and she herself no. says this. Like when she was yeah. prepping for Margaret's party, she's like, "Somebody teach me how to do this." Like she really, truly, like she has talents, and but this is not one of them. Like yeah. she really, I mean, there are aspects to it that, like, I genuinely, I genuinely understand Jennifer's perspective. It's just like when it comes into like the trash money part of it. She yeah, I don't. I, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids parties or whatever. So when Jennifer was talking about um, Jackie, because it sounds like you were with both of them for over the course of several hours, what does it seem like she really truly dislikes her, or who was it that was where you could tell there was some venom underneath the humor? Um, Jennifer. Okay, so Marge was pretty diplomatic about most people, except for Danielle, of course. What did she say about Danielle? Um, oh, just that you know she's a what, monster. Yeah, she's horrible. Yeah. She's um super villain that like you know she had guilted Teresa into like she just really laid on the guilt so thick like I didn't work for years I had to go into bankruptcy it was all because of you blah 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 and that Teresa felt so bad about that it was all because of Teresa it was all because she like sunk to new lows like how often can we watch her like on a pole or with a gun yeah she played out her own story yes and but like you know she I guess but she was able to ter- manipulate her yes and Teresa like fell for it and what a shock um <laughs> and so then so Marge you know mostly you know was just pretty diplomatic mm-hmm. uh Jennifer can't stand Melissa that it seems like that's the person she dislikes the most that she good thinks for that her. she and Jackie are in a pretty good place and that the Jennifer and Jackie yes and that but like and then Jennifer had some words about Marge and um and what were those words she believes that marge came after her in the first season jennifer's first season because it was like a it was like planned it was like it was a uh, calculated in that um marge didn't have siggy to beef with anymore and that she was never going to beef with teresa and uh, never going to beef with Melissa because, you know, she had been friends with Melissa. And actually, it seems like no one beefs with Dolores. Everyone's a little bit afraid of Dolores. And so and then Jackie had kissed Marge's ass so much that there was only one person left for Marge to beef with. And I don't know. I don't agree with that. But if that's completely true. But I do think to an extent that. Uh, it's true about the Teresa thing. I think that Marge will never beef with Teresa no matter what happens. And that she is like, I think feel like they all kind of are like, well, except for Jackie, Jackie's really been the only one who's had the balls to, you know, recently anyway, to go up against her. Yeah. I think there's like an uneven 
power there that Teresa has that nobody else has but with Jennifer it's like I'm sure there's a sunset in Oklahoma that would like to have a word I mean I don't think she did herself any favors by coming off the way she did which is all the more reason why she's like almost iconic this season yes because I feel like she has humbled herself in some ways not all of them thank God but I think that she's having more of a sense of humor now that she did before I, Which has to be partly, at least partly strategic. I'll tell you one thing that struck me. Tell me everything that struck you. <laughs> um, her glow up, her plastic surgery journey <gasps> is incredible. She looks un. I met her and interviewed her for two her seconds ass. for TV Co at BravoCon. She looks gorgeous. She looks even better than she looked at BravoCon. Really? Right now, yes. Her ass is unreal wait is it is it fake i'm like using my hand to like cup it it. i think that maybe when he did the tummy tuck and he did some other stuff yeah i mean i think that she's been getting a lot of like skin i noticed that she definitely has had her nose done um since the first season which is so tricky i mean using nini as an example that can go very bad very quick it it, you know what it was the most um elegant and subtle nose job i've seen because her nose is still prominent but it doesn't have like the bump in it and it just looks a little bit more refined. And I was staring at it for a really long time and I was like, did she have a nose job? Did she? Because it's still, her nose is still kind of big. But then when I looked, then I went back and I watched the first, her first reunion and I was like, oh shit, she totally had a nose job, but it looks very, very, very good. Good for Bill Aiden. He, they don't come across as people who, um, make kind of elegant choice I mean like good for him that it sounds like there's some artistry there very tasteful wow and, and keeping, I'm so like, happy for them I'm genuinely not being a dick in it okay you know what I mean like yeah, he yeah. wanted her to still look like a Turkish woman without like you know like he didn't want her to look like a Stepford you know I mean wife. as a Jew with a schnoz I get that <laughs> yeah I mean and that's always the difficulty with nose jobs and again I just you know I look at Nini now and it makes me so sad because she has really completely fucked up her face for the rest of her life because she got a nose job and then another one and then a one on top of that and it's like buy three get nothing because yeah. what she has now on her face is essentially a circle like it it yeah. does not fit within her features and I mean Melissa has had at least one but she looks pretty good. She looks great. Well, according to Jacqueline, she's had four. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're in an interesting spot this week because no trailers. Yeah. I turned on um, the Spectrum this morning to see Erica Jane on Wendy Williams at the exact moment that she was talking about Denise's affair with Brandy. And I choked <gasps> on my tea. Oh, what'd she say? She was essentially spilling a little bit. She, watching this whole bananas Beverly Hills Michigas play out in the on the blogs is so weird to me because I never truly believed this whole affair thing because anything that Brandy is involved with, I find suspect. Yeah. And I also think Denise ha- came across her first season as so smart and so, like, real that it would shock me that she would ever do anything anything with brandy if she had even the a basic understanding of the sacrifices brandy will make and the things that she will do to get back on the show plus the idea that like if this was an affair if she allegedly really did stoop brandy telling brandy she was in an open marriage but she wasn't and um aaron had no idea until this all came out like that is like tragic to me and also 
just so strange among all of the op- but again like you like who you like so who knows but it just I just I so deeply distrust Brandy with all all of my being that the idea of them doing anything on the DL I find strange that like Denise would ever think that Brandy would keep a secret or something it's weird to me but also she married Charlie Sheen so like well, anything is possible that, I mean that's that's what makes me think she's a freak because like, she married Charlie. But, like, it I doesn't that, mean that I she's bet. duplicitous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think she was carrying on a long-term affair with her. I think that they hooked up. But if do you think that she really told, lied to Brandy and told Brandy, like, we're in an open relationship and was, in fact, cheating on Aaron? That's where I get tripped up. Um, I don't think, no, I don't know. I don't really know. We'll see how it plays out. Like, I think that um, maybe, like, there was like a conversation once mm. that she had with mm-hmm. Aaron where it's like, you know, like happy endings and like chicks oh, yeah, don't count. True. So yeah, like yeah, yeah. maybe that was like one of the things and maybe it was just like she didn't feel the need to tell him or something. I don't really know. But like I think that maybe Brandy inflated what had really happened. Oh, yeah. She completely. I'm sure. Do you think they ate each other out? Brandy seems oh, I implied don't know. it. I just really. Brandy implied no, the it. pussy thing with the yeah. tagline. I just think it's all. It's so distasteful to me because it's like it's just anything that Brandy talks about and exploits. I just find incredibly trashy. And so getting yes. into the minutiae of it when you're talking about somebody else who's not giving consent to be that detailed. I just find it all just real distasteful. I just think Brandy is a miserable person. And I turned on the interview right when Erica was talking about it. So I haven't seen the full like package. I just saw her talking, referencing Denise and then her performing at the end of the show, um, a performance from Chicago, which she seemed great and like really need to go to that genuinely. But she says like the affair is a part of the show. And then she also, and she used the word affair. So that's when I started literally choking on Harney and Sons, Hot Cinnamon Spice Tea. And then she also talks about like, but that's not the only reason that Denise is estranged from the cast. It's also about like how she communicates or her relationship with everybody else. So she's saying it's not just the affair stuff that is kind of alienated Denise from everybody else. It's It's also just like how she is I don't know how she like gets along with people which is a very strange kind of response to me and also I bet because it seems like Denise gets a lot of um like days off oh yeah for doing her other projects yeah her like lifetime movies she does yeah and so they probably are like ugh, we have to do all this filming and we have to they all seem like for for a bunch of women that want to be on this fucking show they all seem like they hate filming like (sighs) Well, I mean, I got into this conversation with some Bravo, my beloved um, Bravo influencers were in like a little DM group. Um, Shout out to all of you guys. You know who you are. And um, it's just no one can get over their that. Beverly Hills behavior at BravoCon myself included which was such a downer for me because it felt like they do not in any way respect the fans and or their franchise is currently manufactured to the hilt Mm -hmm. because they all a thought they were superstars in the worst possible way where they could go out not answer any questions say watch what happens over and over again because they thought it was really fun and be sort of dismissive like for the rest of my life I will never understand the biggest softball of any softball being lobbed at Erica Jane who are your musical influences and Erica Jane saying I need to keep that to myself but thank you so much I wanted to die 
cry. I started yelling. I know. We we literally we were yelling, screaming, and we were like directly next to the people from Bravo. Maybe they were like against that wall, leaning, and I was like, didn't even think about it. My instinct was like, if you see something, say something. What I'm seeing is absolutely fucking nothing, yeah. and that makes me really nervous for this season because I just think. A, they're not willing to play ball. B, they're all on just one giant alliance. C, I don't think they truly understand what a loss Lisa's departure was. And the fact that, okay, if we're going to pretend that you guys won, I guess you sort of did. But who are the losers at the end of the day? It's not Lisa Vanderpump who still continues to do whatever the fuck she wants at Bravo, including most especially pump rules. It's the viewers who need some sort of drama or some sort of something to happen. And it seems like all of you guys are just really happy doing whatever the fuck you want where you're going to go shopping or whatever and not give us a single ounce of anything and that makes me petrified for whatever is going to happen on BH yeah I I haven't liked Beverly Hills in a long time I watch it I watch I watch it but like I'm not one of those people that's like I'm not watching it I watch it but I'm not excited for it like I'm not excited when it comes on the way I'm excited for Vanderpump Rules or I'm excited for New Jersey this season but like I've been over Erica Jane for so long. I thought that she was a great bit player. Like she's a great like little bit of spice on the side that you like. But she's not the entree. Like she is not the main part. She is not Elisa Vanderpump. Like she just well nobody she on that show is a real alpha share, aside from Rena. She doesn't share her who's best as life. a counter. She yeah. doesn't share her life, and so it's not really real. I mean, everything about her is so phony baloney to me. Um, she's like, and she's so like, uh, she's a little bit too self-aware, worst, worst quality in a housewife. And she, um, I just like, just even looking at the decor in her home, it's like, you know, looking at the decor in Jennifer's home and looking at the decor in Margaret's home or any of the other women's home, it's like, that's you. That's you. That's such a good point. It's, it's completely disconnected. Yeah. That sad little chapel. Yeah. I mean, the rem- country French. Remember when we were like grateful to have Tom Girardi in a scene? It was them literally talking about like pool, t- pool title. And yes. that was it. Yes. They're, I think they are. They're in some freaking money trouble. So when are we going to see that, if ever? I mean, I think the problem with Erica Jane is that she was Erica Girardi, the her best season, and then we lost her to the pop star, and yeah. we haven't gotten her back, which yeah. is incredibly unfortunate. But... I want to know so much more about Tom Girardi. I want to understand their arrangement because if you're not giving your husband a screener galley, I mean, hello, copy of your memoir before it comes out and you say in press interviews, I don't know if he's read it. And that is, let's pretend the love of your life, but most importantly, like the spouse to whom you are legally wedded. What the fuck is going on? And also, did he know when he married her that she would have the essential like rider that she does now? At what point did she become a woman that was paying forty or fifty thousand dollars a month for glam? Like, is that the fault of Beverly Hills, or is that what she was going to be? Regard. I mean, I would think that being on the show amplified her need yes. to be the queen that she presents herself to be. But how has he dealt with that? 
especially if they and are taking in, out loans and not repaying them. Yeah. <laughs> and where? What's the state of allegedly? Affair? No, I mean I'm sure it's. Ha- I'm sure it happened. What's <clears throat> the state of affairs with that? I just looked all this up yesterday. Oh, tell me everything. Um, so they were sued. Um, they they they've been sued three times. Oh, lucky number three. Just this. Is she the third wife? Twenty nine in twenty nineteen. I actually don't know about don't know. his uh his marital history. Interesting. Okay, so they've they were been, they've been together for quite a, a while. Long time yeah, she now. was young. I yeah. think she was like in her twenties. Pro- yeah, probably or twenty years now almost Gorgeous. that they've been together. Yeah, she's pretty. So um, so they, wait, so tell me again. So he took out a loan for something like sixteen million dollars. Mm. Uh, took it out a loan as as like a worker bee or a personal loan uh for for his business i think to cover his business costs and basically you know they he does this like high level litigation where they do these like really big cases and so i guess like aaron brokovich yeah exactly so i guess like you know they were bank banking on getting winning some of these cases and whatever and maybe they just had some like I, i'm not really sure if they just didn't win cases or what it was but mm. like they need he needed a, a loan to operate the business so it was 16 million dollars he ended up paying back a portion of it but then he was sued last year <gasps> for the remainder of the loan plus and interest i sure think, i think so and then and then Erica at the reunion Erica was like that's all been settled and at the time it was like they did come to a settlement agreement and the agreement was that he had to pay $500,000 a month for a certain amount of time and then he immediately oh my god defaulted yes and so then in August they sued him again for the oh my god balance of the loan then they got sued again from a (gasps) different loan company for like five or six million dollars a five five or six million dollar loan then they got sued again like a month after that for what forty thousand dollars oh that's nothing. For not paying a for but they that's they, an outfit they, they can't pay a forty thousand dollar bill like oh they can't pay it they didn't pay oh, it was it. for non-payment non- of a 40k non-payment <gasps> wow so, no, all of these i'll things- give it to them just kidding <laughs> <laughs> Patreon. So, <laughs> so all of these things were all from non-payments of bills that they had of like of loan repayments. I mean, and, I and pressed like ignore that. a couple times today, so I get it. <laughs> but like mine are like it's such a. I mean, it's like my God, peanuts in the entire fucking circus. I, you know, what? I don't understand that. Like when I see that Kim Zolciak is being sued by American Express for mm. having a bill that's like two hundred and fifteen thousand dollars that she didn't pay. Like American Express is on my ass for like nine hundred dollars like how are how are they allowing her to make these like to have these huge credit card bills like because american express you're supposed to like pay it all all off each month probably because she's accumulated so much like maybe potential credit from the amount of money that they've spent that they're like yeah we'll wait till you like max yourself out and then we'll come after you because they know that she has assets does she I think that She's, house is her asset. I think that how, when it's like your, I don't know, because I don't know credit to that extent, <laughs> surprisingly. Um, but I, I would think so. I would think that if you have that kind of, yeah, I would think that if you have that kind of how access. How is her credit not completely destroyed now that American Express Oh, I'm sure it her. is. That's wild to me. Wait, so they sued, they sued about non-payment for 40. So like, what is he, is he getting crazy settlements right now from his legal stuff? Like, how are they able to afford the lifestyle that she is still presenting right now? I bet that she's making. How much of that 16 million do they have left? I bet she's making very close to. No way. 
Like no, I'm, I'm I bet that her salary for being on the show is probably like eight or nine hundred thousand. That's actually I was thinking that you were gonna say about about a million. I think that's insane. But yeah, yeah, that's possible. I mean, like I don't know how all that shit works with like the SAG. I think that whatever the, and the Beverly Hills cast unions. makes significantly more than the other casts, which and is so insane to me. But yeah, Tamara was making like nine hundred, which is insane to me. And then Teresa, I know, makes well over a million. Yeah, Nini that, has that like a two point eight five million. Don't deal. believe that that's the number, but yeah. Well, for a certain amount of years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe for like three. And so, um, yeah, I think that like you know maybe I think that they're just li- I, well, I think at least Erica is living off of her money that she's making doing. So this what stuff. the fuck are they gonna do? Is this like a worse situation than PK's? I guess. I think that their situation's worse. Yeah, like because PK's being sued for like two million here, two hundred and fifty right. there, but like a bad night in Vegas. Sixteen million, five million. And I would just think the liability that's being a not the liability, the maybe um I don't know how that word should be used. The um like punitive risk that they're looking at by these people coming after them and saying, not only do you owe interest on top of that, but here are some further financial consequences for you not paying it back. Plus what happens if he like super loses everything and maybe potentially has to cover the other side's legal fees on top of his own, which I would think are incredibly substantial. That's where it gets really, really concerning. Well, they also had some really crazy uh, tax liens a few, a few years back. Really? In the millions of dollars. So they owe between like 2000 and 2008 for each year, they owed like hundreds of thousands. And then I think in 2008 to the state of California, they owed like 1.3 million. And then also to federal government, it was like over a million. So they had like millions of dollars in uh, back taxes. And that was like, but they are, they are all paid up. And now like they, they've paid all of that back, but I feel like they've been walking on this sort of um, like tightrope for a while of like, you know, uh, like, like, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul, that kind of thing. Allegedly. That's what it seems like to me when I'm looking at and seeing that someone owes millions of dollars to the government and to the state. And then, you know, that they get it paid up. Like maybe they got a loan to pay it. Who knows? Well, why weren't you paying your taxes the whole time? Oh my God. That's a creditor at the door. Um, (laughs) I don't, I don't have an answer. I wonder it's just, it's, tough when you're a lawyer you know what I'm saying because like I wonder is he going to get into any trouble if this was not to say it was like criminal activity or is it just like soups on the up and up with like you spending money that you don't have like I think it was one of those things Frank Catania was like disbarred for like you know borrowing money from clients or I think whatever. I think it was one of those things where um her fame attracted attention yes and then the creditors were like you know or, or the people that they're the companies that loan them the money and they were like what the fuck like why aren't you paying this like this right. woman you got you have a plane and so like they were already in trouble and then these creditors are watching her on tv yeah. fly six people to dubai to like yeah. curl with, her hair and they're like if you can exactly. pay for First that that class. you can right if you or business if you can pay for that then you can cover percent yeah and then like it's same but the same thing happened with Teresa like and yeah the the Judices like they attracted all this mm-hmm. attention 
because they were spending this money like lavishly and then you know people were getting mad that they weren't being paid p.s on the after show Teresa is still continuing to pretend that caroline manzo had a single moment of involvement in the fed stuff when it's like sweetie it truly a it truly doesn't matter what matters is that you had done these things yeah. b she's still saying that like that woman monica which i do believe who's a lawyer whose husband was a lawyer was involved yes. which i'm sure was correct but See, it's just so strange to me that we're pretending that because Caroline is a smart, intuitive person who saw the future lay ahead, that you would pretend that she was doing that because she was also like planting a seed in the minds of the federal government, noting her relationship with the law, which is like completely on the up and up. But what's his face? Bernie Carrick was like one of her yes. good friends. Like she, and, and, she's um, not the type to go to the cops. Family too. Like a, yeah, they, they rest in peace. Her father in law. Yeah. She's not the one to call. Exactly. The exactly. I, I mean, what I mean, Teresa is, has. I think she has a difficult time um, taking responsibility. Thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, when they were playing a game of. Um, like try to give a clue to guess who the, to to um to uh, help um figure out who this person is without seeing their face. She saw a photo of Elizabeth Warren and said this woman is running for president, and the look of shock and adoration on Andy Cohen's face, uh, and he literally was like, "Good job, Tree." And frankly, <laughs> so was I. I couldn't <laughs> fucking believe that she knew who Elizabeth Warren was. But I do have to tell you, noting whatever's going on in our country, that I watched the after show when Tree is continuing to bury Caroline Manzo, and I looked at motherfucking Dolores Catania just sitting there, not saying a single thing in defense of her friend of however many years ostensibly a person that she has had a genuine close-knit intimate we're in each other's lives we're going to talk shit we're not on camera with our friendship background player in years past not defending Caroline Manzo in the lightest possible way except for a pained expression on your face that you're trying to disguise and I looked at Dolores and I was like oh my god it's the fucking Lindsey Graham of New Jersey this woman who I thought was taking a stance at one point her first season against Danielle or whatever who I thought was a real like I'm gonna go against the grain I'm gonna call shit out I'm gonna be that person really just seems to align herself with the center of power. And that just happens to be true right now. She does not seem to be the moral center cojones carrier that I thought she was. I don't know about that because it's like she's known Teresa a lot longer than she knew Caroline. Like she and Teresa went to high school together. Okay. She met Caroline later in life. So yeah, she and Caroline were have been friends for maybe a decade but, like, I think that her bond with Teresa is probably a little bit um, stronger. And they work together. So she was probably, like, put between a rock and a hard place. And it's just, like, you know, I'm not going to. Like, I, I'm trying to think of, like, like the different kinds of friends that I have that maybe a newer friend, if, like, an, an older friend was saying something very publicly about somebody than about, like, maybe, like, someone that, that's a newer friend that I don't work with and that, you know. I would maybe I would I would maybe just be quiet and then talk about it with them privately. But if we're talking about the difference between, let's say, 30 years, OK, if these women are in their 40s or whatever, difference between 30 years and like 15, 20 years, maybe 20 years plus. 
And you know that regardless of how close you are with this, um, per, with this like family versus that one, you know that what she's saying is bullshit. Why yeah. wouldn't you say something? I think because also Dolores is pretty smart and she knows that everyone else knows that Teresa's wrong. And that like, like no one, <gasps> I know that you're that. right. I know <laughs> that you're right. And I want to, you know, I like stand for Dolores. <laughs> I do. It's just, she's been such a disappointment to me. And I really feel like, what the fuck are you doing? You were supposed to be the one calling this kind of stuff out. And it's just, she's disappointing. Maybe I'm just carrying over some frustration that I feel. I really thought she was a, a, going to be a great addition. I really feel like she had a strong first season. She hasn't let me down as a person in the ways that like Sigalit has, Ugh. But I just am, I'm really kind of frustrated. I really thought that she was going to bring it. It's sort of similar in a certain way to this whole Erica Jane Girardi Michigas, where it's like you came in as a certain person and I believed you and I feel a little bit betrayed. I really thought you were going to, and maybe that's an unfair characterization, but you know, it's my show. (laughs) I really felt like she was going to step up and she really hasn't been. And it, it, it frustrates me because I do think she's a better person than this. I think she's a better character than this. I think she, um, we should be getting more out of her. I think she could step up, but is choosing not to. And I don't think she's a natural beta. So why is she showing us that? Yeah, I don't think so either. But I do think that she picks her battles. Like that's just. But like battle something. Like if you're going to pick your battles. She battled Jackie. sort of I just I don't know about that the idea of like the the reason why she didn't like Jackie was so weird to me because she was like you wouldn't just let your parents come to your house I get so mad because my parents do would use they did used to do that they did used to just Oh, my God. Gra- my parents wouldn't do that with like other family members, but my grandparents did that all the time. Fu- my Italian grandparents would just fucking knock on the door. I don't like that. I do not. Like I don't that. love it, but I was in high school and they're both dead now. So like I treasure those moments that I was ignoring them while like doing something on my computer. Like, <laughs> but like that is an Italian thing. I like, I get that. I don't personally like that. I would lose my mind if a friend showed up just now. Obviously somebody was buzzing on the door and I gave zero fucks <laughs> about letting them in. Um, yeah, but I do think that's an Italian thing. I think it's an Italian thing which doesn't mean it's like an okay thing but I think that's a cultural thing yeah um people do that to me because I I live in a house and I live by this music venue called Brooklyn Steel uh that I've never been it's uh I saw Bikini Kill there they do like shows it's a it's it's at the end of my block oh and so a lot of people will like walk by my house and just see me like at the kitchen table or like in like the kitchen. friends of yours people I know okay. yeah but not pop-ins not pop-in type friends and be like Tracy or like will see me and then come to my door and ring the doorbell and it's like oh, text me text me when you're like at the subway and then like so I can hide are they intending to come in and like kiki with you yeah for a second before they go continue going to their show usually it's not that big of a deal but no, just like a little bit of a, like a I'm coming by. Can I stop by? Just a little bit of a just a little pretext also a lot warning. Of it is, is school nights? I have a kid, so that's annoying. I'm I'm in the middle of homework. I'm getting dinner ready. Um, I haven't. I'm still in my yoga outfit. Like I'm in like full on like gross mom mode. So I don't love it, and I don't. And I would actually hate it a lot more if it was my mother than just like my friend. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I I yeah. So yeah, I guess I I don't know, Dolores. I think she's just really pretty to look at and uh, her son is great to look at and Frank's not bad to look at. 
Uh, I don't mind them on my TV. How lucky are we, though, to be at a point in New Jersey where, like, you're not giving us enough. You're not rising to the level of what else is going on. I mean, that's a pretty great place to be in. Yeah. Like, me being annoyed at Dolores is actually a compliment to Real Housewives of New Jersey right now. Because Jersey it's, really it's just pulled enjoyable. itself out of a rut. It was re- that the year at the Twins was real bad. And Amber Marchese, like, that was really bad. Andy said on I think uh, I think it was an after show he was saying I think to Bob like catch up on past seasons there's one for you to skip it's the one with the Marqueses (laughs) when he's not wrong and good for him for calling that out well interestingly it was a new casting company that came on because the casting company that turned Jennifer down they were out a new casting agency came in and it was all new people. And that's who cast Jennifer. And um, oh, was the old company they were responsible for that terrible season? Yes. Of course, because they were the ones that chose the twins instead and, of Jennifer Eden. And and that year with the twins, they also didn't pick Margaret. She had they. <gasps> the fuck is wrong with them? They had interviewed Margaret, and they and they didn't pick Margaret either. So I have a question for you. Of the two airing franchises, something that Evan Ross Katz discussed as a fun psychological self-care experiment on Mm. last week's Andy Scrolls was before you watch an episode of a franchise, think about how you're feeling about the potential for that episode, which I was like, oh my God, dead. Are you excited to watch it? Do you feel like you are forced to watch it? How? What's the difference in how you feel before you click play on New Jersey versus Atlanta? Oh, yeah. Uh, always more excited for Jersey than Atlanta. How do you feel about clicking play on Atlanta right now? Atlanta. Pretending that we can click play because we haven't had a new episode I know, in two it's weeks. It's been weeks. Um, Atlanta. You know, I've been rewatching Jersey episodes. Mm. I'm not rewatching any Atlanta episodes from this season. Yeah. And um, Atlanta. Ugh. Here's the thing. Tell I me. I don't like when there's a lot of babies. And I don't oh, I fucking like, die for Pilar. I don't oh my god. Like a lot of. I don't like. I don't like when they're pregnant or breastfeeding. I didn't like when I was pregnant or breastfeeding because I think it's more fun when everyone is drinking, and there's more drama when everyone is drinking. And I think that people feel more, you feel more delicate and cautious when you're pregnant and breastfeeding and you're not I mean, being as messy. Lenithia didn't in that closet moment and Portia oh, was well, she, she wasn't. She wasn't. So. And Eva didn't in that Canadian hotel room during that little tussle. That was actually really wild that nobody. She was like literally in the center of it. I would have had Eva removed. I would have taken Eva out of there. I mean, she could have gotten really hurt. She yeah, was just, very pregnant. She was super pregnant. So like, you know, not always. There are these little moments yeah. of violence. That but we they are change. always like. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they are putting pregnant women in danger. I do feel like. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I was on Cynthia's side when Cynthia was like, I don't want the babies to come to my house. <laughs> like. Yeah, who wants the babies at the party? Portia doing anything in her life, I just honestly, I, I support. Portia, but I'm not that excited for this. I feel like Nini is, um, I just feel like Nini is just like a, an energy suck. Yeah. And she's just bad vibes. Mm-hmm. And um, I, as much as I think that Kenya is like interesting, mm-hmm. um. I, there always has been a fakeness to her. Like, there's not an authenticity to her. Like, there's just something a little bit lacking. Portia's really authentic, I think. Don't you think Kenya's being more authentic now because her marriage is falling apart? I mean, allegedly, that's going to be a, a big part of the second season is the announcement she's, of her divorce, which who knows in real life how that's going. She's saying different things right now in the press, but... She's 
she's being more authentic than she used to be. But mm-hmm. I think that there's just this calculating. Like Thank God. she's just she can't. I don't think she that it's the pageant in her. She can't be fully emotionally vulnerable. She's using this as her storyline like she's like very actively like i'm done with him well i'm gonna use this as a storyline which is fine that's her choice and also like because fuck him because he wouldn't let us put the wedding on the show stupid motherfucker. Um, he has a tax lien he was hit with a hundred thousand dollar tax lien this Mm. past year okay and 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 uh kenya was the year before so they're in some shit on more manner yeah um that's interesting to me. Uh, I got a satchel from somebody. I forgot to ask you for your first name in town. So somebody somewhere sent me um, a real- <laughs> Atlanta satchel of gold. And that person says, if New Jersey is cotton candy, which I said on a previous episode, and I actually don't know that I was 100% correct in that comparison. But sure. If New Jersey is cotton candy, then Atlanta at the moment is Pellegrino. We need water to sustain us, but it's just a little better than regular water. Wasn't that so good? I thought that was so smart. I think that's right. Like Atlanta is Pellegrino. We need water to sustain us. True. But it's just a little better than regular water. I think that's right. I think it's like, yeah, there's a little sparkle here. Like there's something like Portia forever. I'm going to support and want to watch her in any of her chapters of her life. But it's not it's not great. Like it's not you know, diet sun kissed, which is the best of any water. <laughs> it's, this is just, this is just like a little, mm, mm, you know, yeah. it's Pellegrino. Yeah. I think that's right. I think this season of Atlanta is Pellegrino. It's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but, and it's, but it's like, Pellegrino. it's like, you know, that's fine. Sure. Throw in a slice of peach instead of lime or lemon. Call it a day. I think that's what it is. They need a bit of a casting shakeup. I'm actually bored of Cynthia. Wow. Yeah. Breaking news. Yeah. I mean, it's Cynthia. That's part. That's like, don't you think? That's, I think she's boring. That's like the best part about her is that she's boring. Yeah. But eh. I think that she's one of these people who's been on for a little bit too long. Like yeah, I Amy, agree. Because a lot of their fighting isn't about like them being genuinely hurt as friends. Mm-hmm. It's about they're fighting about filming and they're not able to talk about it. Right. They're fighting about like editing image in the press yes mm-hmm. and editing audio and yes and they're unable to really discuss that mm-hmm. if they could you know it'd be interesting if like maybe soonish i don't know if they'll ever do this but like what they did with teen mom like break the fourth wall and just like be like you know what these producers are part of their everyday lives mm-hmm. like it's un we can't avoid it anymore just let's just have conversations with the producers in front of the camera what would have been interesting to me totally agree is if they had done that during the four-part reunion with phaedra because allegedly and i don't believe this for a second but allegedly she was fed that dumb lie about the sexual whatever by a producer and I don't believe that for a second but I do believe that if that lie is something if that defense is something that Phaedra was spreading um on the DL and the blogs after the fact in order to try to like backtrack and troubleshoot it's probably something she was thinking in her head that she would have wanted to say out loud or did say out loud during the reunion they just didn't use it that would have been interesting to me but it didn't happen and it won't I don't believe that a producer would do that I don't I don't believe it either like careful every producer I've ever known is so careful of like figuring out a way to protect their own ass yeah (laughs) I'm like and and to try to make something happen Mm -hmm. but 
you always have to like think of what the problems might what problems might occur mm-hmm. from that like you're, I mean as a producer you're just trying to think of problems really yeah and I don't think that they would be like guess what there's this rumor I heard about sexual assault. Would be great if you talked about that on camera. Maybe somebody's trying to prepare for and one. Because they I have don't think that's gonna happen. Such a they like they have such a relationship with Candy with all of her different yeah. spinoffs and everything yeah. that there's just no way. Candy coated ski trip. I mean, like there's some shit that she's done where yeah. they've had like, that, like specials for absolutely no reason. And that that the factory, the yes, wedding. The the late night show that she Yeah, had. she's had f- at least four candy related shenanigans. Yeah. It's a little special series. They even tried making the it, yeah, the late night thing into like a thing. It, it did not become a thing, but like they tried it. Yeah. They're gonna try anything with candy except yeah. You know, accusing her of trying to rape a co-star. The show, I think that's the show the with Escape, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Escape killing it. Late night show, ski trip, wedding. Ski trip is ridiculous. I never <laughs> watch it, but now I want to because I love her. Um, I bet there's gonna be one about. I I bet dollars to donuts right now that there's gonna be one about the um, surrogate, the surrogate. The, the birth and all that stuff. Don't you think we would have already known that? If that oh, no, no, no. Because it just happened. Blaze didn't happen that long ago. She just, I mean, on the show, just, they just found out that she's pregnant, right? Like on the show that the surrogate's pregnant. Have we gotten to that point yet? I forget. Yes. Because I, I, okay. we saw the sonogram It's pictures. been a while. We saw the sonogram I don't pictures. remember. It's possible. You could be entirely correct. Honestly, I feel like I haven't seen a new Atlanta in decades. It's a girl. Right? Yeah, her name is Blaze. Oh, was she born already? I don't think on the show, but I think off the show. In real life, she's mm-hmm. born? Oh, okay. Yeah, because then they put the, her photo up, and I think she has her own Instagram account, and she probably has more money than <laughs> I ever will. More like candy. Than Todd? Because Ace, Ace is, is cute. so cute. I know, but he, but he looks like Todd? He looks like Todd, and that's good. I mean, that's, oh, that's but little baby. cute for a little boy, but for a little girl with a Todd face, I don't know about that. I don't know. I mean, I feel like there have been some celebrity babies that are super ugly um, babies that celebrity kit yeah that have been super ugly babies that then are like adorable it's fascinating to me i'm not going to name names but i'm definitely yeah, thinking I'm, of three I or four in my head me too i bet we're thinking of the same ones well maybe we'll have that on the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> there have been some babies where i'm like oh god and i have that in my per in my uh real life too where like people will have babies i'm like yes. i don't know what to tell you except for mazel but i guess i don't even know if i mean that there like it's just mm-hmm. it does not look great but mm-hmm. also i don't want kids so i feel completely fine judging the ones that other people have <laughs> um listen there's so much for us to chat about so we're gonna record a patreon um well, and use girls exclusive guys i announced a patreon in last week's episode and i was overwhelmed with the response but i have to tell you that like i even went to a below deck um uh event the first one that bravo has ever done um this past week and was hoping to kiki with some of the um bravo lebs and we're gonna do it um it was like a very loud environment so we're gonna do it in the future but en route needed to buy new cables um even for us to record today and i was oh. like oh my god that's 50 dollars. i didn't think i was spending and i'm doing that while um taking a 275 trip to uh downtown manhattan and frankly because of the patreon i didn't have to fret about it and that's the thing for the um patreon exclusive people have been asking for additional episodes throughout the week more than one a week and patreon is really the opportunity to first and foremost express support for the future of Andy's Girls. It costs money to produce. It costs hours and hours and hours a week to coordinate. And the single best way to encourage future episodes, more opportunities, and to just say thanks for AG is signing up for 
uh, to become a patron of the Andy Scrolls Patreon. Uh, a link to sign up is going to be on the description for this week's episode. And two bucks gets you my love and appreciation. Five bucks gets you two bonus um, eps of AG a month and $10 gets you four. Um, I cannot say thank you enough to the people that have signed up. I cannot implore you enough. That is the single best way to support Andy's Girls and to keep the show trucking. Um, if you go to patreon.com slash Andy's Girls, you can sign up. We're about to record an episode. There are several things that I want to talk about including where the fuck these trailers are and I also have to say just thinking about future episodes the second that New York and Beverly Hills not New York and Beverly Hills New York and oh yeah New York and Beverly Hills trailers are released I am going to do in real time Patreon exclusive responses so if you want feedback if you want uh more of my cackle if you want anything else that is the single best way to do it my birthday's coming up Ooh, March, when's your birthday? March 27th. In Aries. Thank you. Surprising. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I was going to say Vicky's that like. in Aries. <laughs> and makes, Shannon. Makes a lot of. Well, <laughs> I stand for Shannon. Makes a lot of sense. Um, the single. I don't know. There, maybe this should be like a birthday related goal. Sure. I would love to get 30 more Patreon account holders before I turn 30 once again. Oh. By my birthday, March 27th. And I think we can actually exceed that goal. Maybe if we hit 30, I'll turn 31 again. We'll see where we go. That would actually be amazing. And guys, it's a couple bucks a month. It's essentially half of a latte or whatever, or a third or an almond milk. Like it's really, it's it, every single person that signs up. It really, really goes a long way. And I have so many ideas and so many goals of the ways in which I want Andy's girls to grow. And this is the single best um investment and that happening so I just have to say thank you to for everybody that signed up and if you haven't already what are you waiting for oh that was a fun little voice um (laughs) can we talk just for two seconds about pot psychology tell me everything so I used to uh host this vlog with my friend Rich Jezwiak on Jezebel years ago like a year after we founded Jezebel um casual like 2008 (laughs) (laughs) And it was a video, it was very lo-fi. Um, we would get high and answer questions as an advice column. High um, only on pot? Yes. Okay. And <laughs> which only. at the time was very like crazy because mm. in the last like 10, 12 years, mm-hmm. um, there's been so much more acceptance about weed. It was a Vena bit, CBD taking yeah, over the world. Exactly. It was, it was, it was uh, a little bit like uh, scary to do that before. We would never show ourselves smoking on camera. We ended up getting a book deal from <gasps> it. We wow. did a book. And then right after we got the book deal, I got pregnant. So oh, that actually was wow. very good because I was sober the whole time we wrote the book, which was kept us on track. Okay. And then, um, and then the book came out and then I felt weird about doing the column still because I had a kid and I was just afraid that people were going to judge me or call CPS or something. Oh my God. And so I, we stopped doing it. Um, and now we've re- we've revised it as, um, we 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 brought it back as a, podcast and we just have basically have stoned conversations with people with friends with comedians do you all smoke together before you record yes before and during and uh yeah we just like it's just uh like stream of consciousness um and we want to answer advice questions eventually uh no one has sent them in 
Um, but we've only had a couple episodes. And you can send in questions how? At potpsych, P-O-T-P-S-Y-C-H at gmail.com. And you can send questions about literally anything ever? Yeah, I, I prefer, a lot of people end up asking us sex questions. I prefer etiquette questions. Um, oh my God, I'm totally going to send you a question. Okay, I'm really good with etiquette stuff. Like how many forks should a person use? Or like how do I treat this person in a work environment when I think they're a stupid con? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I have What do I buy questions. someone for their birthday if we've only been dating for three weeks? Something Ooh, like that. You know? I love that. Uh, one question. Well, so Rich and I have just been answering each other's questions recently. But um, his question was that he had a friend who smells kind of like mildew. And he realized mm. that the friend smelled like mildew, like their clothes. Mm. And then he went to the friend's house and the house kind of smells <gasps> like mildew. And he thinks the friend can't smell it. Oh, because the f- they're so used to it. It's possible. Yeah. And that, the, but the friend is very sensitive. And so. So how do you handle that? Yeah. That what was, was his, question. what was his advice? What um, was his response? Oh, my advice for him uh, was that you just have to either not smell it or you have to, you have to either just like ignore the smell and just deal with it. And that's like, accept that that's the way your friend smells or you gently say something and, you know, have to deal with whatever the, the fallout is from that. But, like, you can't tell someone that they smell without offending them. <laughs> That's just not going to happen. So, But if you need to, do it on camera if you're a housewife because I would love to see how that plays oh out. Oh, my God. That would be a great storyline. You know what? What if you guys did a housewife um, episode where you're like, this is how I would handle this? Oh, would he doesn't watch happen? housewives. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. I know. What a loss. And I, yet you're still his friend. I, I feel like what a there, sacrifice. Are, there are certain kinds of gay guys, and Rich will never hear this because he doesn't want, he doesn't watch Housewives and doesn't listen to those podcasts. He actually wow, doesn't listen to any Rich, podcasts. Wow, Rich. <laughs> wow. But he, there are certain kinds of gay guys that I've encountered in my travels who I feel like <laughs> per, just ref, will, will not watch Housewives because they feel like that classifies them as a certain type of gay guy that they don't want to be like like a like like rich is very much like he won't go shopping with me uh because i think he thinks that that Hmm. makes him like a like an accessory gay you Hmm. know what i mean and so but listen he watches basketball wives he used to watch love and hip-hop um he watches love after lockup and 90 day fiance so he's not like above trashy reality tv loved america's next top model i feel like he avoids housewives and all of bravo that's really interesting on on principle yeah there, there's gay guys that are like that and i'm still friends with them and i don't judge them for that i think that's probably a tricky thing to kind I've of struggle really, with i've really tried to get him into atlanta and i was like because he loved escape he loved Bel- i was like i was like devoe's wife is on and Candy Burris is on. Yeah. Uh, like there's there were so many different like points of interest of his um, on that on that one season of, of well, Atlanta. Hopefully he'll support his friend by listening right now. Hi, Rich. How are you? I loved your work on Jezebel. And this will be his gateway drug. This plus, <laughs> this plus pot. Um, tell the folks how to follow you online. Um, it's Tracy Morrissey. Tracy's T-R-A-C-I-E. Love. And guys, Twitter at Dame. No, wait. <laughs> that's not it am i high um twitter (laughs) at sarah galley instagram at dame galley i do polls and crazy things and get your satchels all exclusively essentially through social um and i'm so appreciative for them keep them coming getting a colonoscopy on monday help me i'm so excited you're excited no i hate it oh are you gonna ask them if you can see the video after 
There's a video? They, that's how they do it. They do a probe. No, I definitely do not. I definitely do not. Oh, you don't do want to look at it? Uh-uh. Oh. I My want. butt? No. It's the inside of your butt. <sighs> I have been avoiding. I've delayed it several times. The way that I have been able to... Um, essentially extort myself into actually laying down for this procedure as I'm buying a butt diamond later that week, which is this ring I'm getting made, which I was getting okay. made anyway, but I've told myself you're not paying the balance, which was like, it's a whole thing. It was not that, not, not a lot of money, but I was like, you're not paying the balance for the, for the diamond um, until after you've gotten through a colonoscopy and this is your reward. My therapist is like, yes, queen. Yes. Uh. Like reward yourself, <laughs> buy things. It's the route to happiness. And I think that is exactly right so guys um pray for me on Monday <laughs> really can't wait to start that prep on Oscars Sunday Ugh. which nobody told me so thrilled Ugh. for that um so <laughs> I don't know maybe I'll do some IGs from the hospital or something I'm sure I will um guys such a pledge as always tell me your thoughts and feels please sign up the, for the Patreon and I'll love you forever and Tracy Morrissey this was a pleasure I can't wait there are some um I have some questions for you about the trailer I have some questions for you um about uh New York I have some questions for you about Lenithia Leakes's social media posts in the last couple of days that I can't wait to talk to you on the Patreon um, Oh, and we are, we need to get to Jamila Jamil, the housewife I never knew I needed, but desperately deserve on bravotv.com. Um, guys, love all of you, and we will kick you with you soon. Uh, bye bye.